Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm John Norman and alongside Jared Kimber, bringing you immediate reaction following play every time England play. And there's plenty to go at today. Stuart Broad with all six wickets to fall. Shane Dowrich might get a mention. And who's this De Silva guy? You're listening to following on. So thanks for listening to the following on podcast with myself and Jared Kimber. If you're listening, well, by now you undoubtedly know that uh, England are, as they were, on top in this test match. The West Indies in second innings closing at uh, 10 for 2. Stuart Broad with both wickets in the evening and all four wickets in the morning. Yes, West Indies did get past the follow on target thanks to a, a decent 68-run partnership between Holder and Dowrich, uh, but that was as good as it got. England, when they batted, racked up the runs. Uh, another 100-run partnership at the top of the order. Well, I say another one. It's the first in four years, but hey, forgive me. Sibley first out for 56. Burns last out for 90. Root 68 not out. Uh, but really, despite being set 399 runs to win and possibly day four ruled out by rain, uh, West Indies uh, really, really up against it. Story of the day. Hey, remember when we started this podcast uh, during the Ashes and we had player of the day? And after about two tests, it became really evident that player of the day was essentially going to be Steve Smith unless he wasn't batting. And even then, it was sometimes Steve Smith. Uh, well, today's player of the day, if we still do, did that, would be Stuart Broad, um, as it was yesterday. And uh, I suppose the story of the day, uh, apart from the fact that West Indies are literally falling to pieces, is that Stuart Broad uh, did it with the bat yesterday, did it with the ball today. All six wickets to fall across both West Indies innings. Yeah, and uh, at one stage I, I was thinking that perhaps uh, it, it was a good good thing that there weren't a lot of West Indian cricket riders out there, um, you know, covering this test because some of them would have had to field. Um, Stuart Broad stood up in a way that was as diametrically opposed to what West Indies did as is physically possible. I mean, 
the last two tests, a, a very, you know, a very physical representation of that is obviously what happened to Dowrich, and I'm sure he'll come up again later. But, uh, mm. but yeah, you know, Broad, uh, he's angry, he's focused, he's in conditions that suit him. I mean, this is the thing. Um, someone, it might have been George Dobell wrote the piece about look at England's bowling attack. It's you know so much talent in this bowling attack, and he's right, of course. But this is kind of what we do as a as a cricket fan. We we go, look at how good we are when we play at home. And we know that Stuart Broad is not going to be that good when he goes away because he never has been. Um, although, to be fair, he, he's not like he's not as bad as, as Wokes or Anderson. Um, and so, uh, yeah, as an Australian, I feel like I am the world's expert in what it is to look at your team, do really well at home and pump them up to such a point. And then when they go away, just go, well, you can't expect them to do well. That's away from home. Um, and, and I feel that that is what is happening here against a very poor batting lineup. Stuart Broad is fired up. He's rested probably for the first time in his life. He was even extra rested and he's bowling brilliantly as he quite often does. I think one of the good things for him is he's taking wickets against right-handers. There was a little while there where he was really starting to struggle against right-handers. You know, that the wrist thing that has made him unplayable against left-handers. He, he wasn't taking as many wickets against right-handers. That's a huge problem because, uh, I don't know if you know, there's more of them than there is left-handers uh, in, in the wild and in batting. So I think that could have been a bit of a problem. So everything's come together. But, you know, none of this really changes the, the reason that he was dropped in the first place. And uh, it's, uh, if anything, it just makes it more fun. More fun to me as a neutral. Probably less fun as an England fan who's just like, we just want to know, man. We just want to know what our best bowling attack is for everywhere. I think variety is the spice of life, and I think it variety... is not. I've never heard anyone say that before. And I also think it's key to your bowling lineups. I think Stuart Broad, uh, if he's bowling alongside a good leg spinner, uh, a really good fast bowler, um, and maybe a left armer, and uh, and Ben Stokes bowling with the old ball, is going to be a much different prospect overseas than if he's bowling with fifteen other me- medium fast right arm bowlers. But anyway, that's a that's a discussion for another day. I'd love to see the look on Stuart Broad's face when he next sees Ed Smith. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's by the by. We were speaking yesterday about, well, I was doing a little rant. Well, we used to do rant of the day as well. I was doing a little rant about there's nothing I hate more in cricket than irrelevant runs. Well, I was wrong. There's something worse than irrelevant runs. There's really slow irrelevant runs. And that's what we had today for a long, long time. But what made me smile inwardly is that we know, we don't need to mention any names, but we know um, that there would have been some people within the press box absolutely incandescent with rage this morning when Joe Root threw the ball, Joffre Archer understandably after what happened with Darius yesterday, but Chris Wokes, I mean, come on. That follow-on target... You could still believe that Joe Root would have been forced to follow on. And what just to rub salt into the wound after uh, West Indies had canted past the follow-on target, Stuart Broad then comes on with Jimmy Anderson and those last four wickets just fall in a blink of an eye. And all those people that were just praying that the cricket would be over, and understandably so, because they've been in a lockdown bubble for three weeks, um, there, there was... Uh, there, there would have been a few curse words, a, a little bit of frustration that would have been magnified when 30 overs later, Dominic Sibley was outscoring Rory Burns 
And England had only added about 75 runs. I love the idea that Joe Root actually picked the bowling lineup, the least likely to take the wickets, so that he wouldn't have to have a conversation about why he didn't enforce the follow-on. But that's for, that's for <laughs> another. I mean, who knows? That, I don't know if that happened or not, but I love the fact that it could have happened. Moment of the day. Well, there's no doubt in my mind what moment of the day well, maybe if Stuart Broad had taken one more wicket, then that would have been wicket number 500. But I know that you don't really go into all that. That You get a bit annoyed by random kind of like celebrations around statistical milestones. But, uh, you know, we spoke a lot yesterday about our man Shane. Um, I mean, <laughs> the, the thing is, the moment of the day for me wasn't even... I, I don't know how seriously he's injured, by the way. Um, so hopefully, obviously, hopefully he's not particularly badly. They didn't take him away, did they? But, they kept him at the ground. So you assume that means he's okay. Exactly. So let's assume he's okay, right? For me, the moment of the day wasn't him getting smashed in the face after, uh, you know, not dealing properly with the delivery from Shannon Gabriel, the ball bursting through his gloves. It was the camera panning to him as the players made their way out after T. And he was just looking out the window, a bit like Joey from Friends at the, in one of those episodes. He was just like a, um, a really mournful dog whose owner had just, you know, or cat, whose owner had left for the, to go to work for the day. And I just thought, Shane, you really should be getting out there on the field and keeping wicket. I'm sure you're really badly injured, but... Come on, Shane. You've got to get back out on the field. Let's do the anatomy of what happened here for a minute. There are, there are wicket-keeping injuries that happen because the ball has kept low. Uh, there are wicket-keeping injuries that happen because you're up at the stumps. We kind of expect those, and there's not a lot that, that, that a wicket-keeper can do. You know, if the ball keeps low and it takes another bounce in front of you, you, you know, it's not a pitch, so it's not going to react normally. This was literally right in front of his eyeballs. <laughs> I've only ever seen one other wicket-keeper do this. I saw um, A.B. de Villiers do it at once. I mean, top-level international wicketkeepers don't really lose, miss the ones right in front of their eyeballs. That's, they're the easy ones. It's actually very hard to not catch a ball coming directly at your face because your basic ha- hand-eye reflexes protect your face. That's what they're for. You know, it, it, it's basically your hands are for holding onto a branch because we evolved from monkeys. And when, it, when, it, when, it, when a rival gang throws a rock at your face, protecting your face, right? So... It's gone straight through. And then you've got the great moment afterwards where you just, you cannot not feel sorry for him because after all the other stuff ups, he doesn't want to show pain, but quite clearly he has been banged at 90 miles an hour right on the lip and it is killing him. I thought it knocked his tooth out at first. I expected the next scene I expected was Jason Holder on his hands and knees, six foot eight of him looking for his mate's tooth, right? (laughs) It's so so horrible. And then he's walking off the field, pretending it doesn't hurt. Well, he's bleeding from the face at this point, and it clearly is killing him. And then to make it all more the West Indies of the last two deaths, the silver comes out. Everyone's talking up the silver. Oh, this guy could be incredible. He almost got himself into the team. We love the silver. The silver gets a stumping chance, and he slips on his bum and misses the stump. (laughs) It was just, I mean, yes, we hope Shane Dowrich is okay. But what a farcical moment where you're just like, okay, we're done here. We don't need, we don't need follow-ons. 
We don't need declarations. The West Indies have three fit men, from what I can tell, and none of them want to be out there anymore. They gave it a good red-hot go. They won the first test. Everything was in their favour. Sometimes, you know, on these sorts of tours. And this is a longer tour than West Indians usually go on. Let's not forget that. They don't usually do the big warm-up, and they usually get to go out and enjoy their life. They are trapped in this terrible Truman show of Steve Elworthy's making that they can't get out of. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Shot of the day. It wasn't a golden day for uh, for, stro- for stroke play with Dominic Sibley and Rory Burns at the crease of mo- much of it. Joe Root, touch of class there. But my shot of the day was actually Will Jacks because I've been at the Oval all day today. Um, only rights holders can get into the cricket, so I'm covering the series for Talk Sport from Studios. But with uh, the two-day friendly taking place and the fans back at the Oval, I begged my way into the ground. And Will Jacks, who, a little bit like Ollie Pope, very different batsman, just uh, seems to have a, a little bit of quality about him. Uh, he screamed a beautiful cover drive, uh, first scoring shot of the day, and uh, hit 60-odd. So that's my shot of the day. What about yours? Uh, I wasn't at the Oval, so I'll go with the game that we're talking about, um, oddly. Uh, there was a pool shot that Joe Root played towards <laughs> the end of the day when they had this weird leg-side dominant field, and it was all made not to make him score. And he moved back in the crease, moved across a little bit towards off stump, and just nailed it. And I was just like, 
I mean, how this man is not one of the best T20 players in the world, I don't know, because he can basically do everything with a bat. Um, so that was my shot of the day. Jason Holder played a very good straight drive early on too. I think it's worth mentioning. I think all Jason Holder drives look better because of the elongated nature of Jason Holder. I always felt the same with Tom Moody. If Tom Moody played a drive, you'd be like, yeah, that looks good. And then afterwards you go, would it have looked good if he was five foot eight? I don't know. Jason Holder's so tall, when he holds the pose and you're sitting in the pavilion, you can touch the end of the bat. <laughs> Let's just do Jason Jason Holder's so tall jokes for the rest of the episode. Do you also, do you like my really modern reference of Tom Moody, who no one has seen bat since, what, 99? Anyway, I am old. But to all that, was it Warwickshire? Did he play for Warwickshire? Well, in fairness, the average age of cricket fans <laughs> is, as we know, about 57. So, you know, that is absolutely our demographic. They're all nodding along. Yeah, Tom Moody, that's a good reference. Good call. <laughs> I was thinking about him last week. Yeah, last last week they were, what's a podcast? Now they're nodding in appreciation at your Tom Moody reference. Ball of the day. Well, without doubt, it's got to be that back of a length delivery from Shannon Gabriel which Rory Burns swerved out the way of. And, uh, you know, even though he saw it from hand, past batsman, completely sighted all the way. Um, obviously, Darich still didn't manage to catch it. Uh, there, was, uh, look, there, was some, there was some great deliveries. Uh, you were main, made mention yesterday of uh, you were celebrating the last 20, uh, 20 irrelevant 20 innings from uh, Campbell. You're absolutely right because he was out for a duck today. Um, but there's not much you can do... It's almost like Stuart Broad against left-handers has kind of finished cricket. He's like, he's got the cheat code and, you know, I wonder where cricket will be in about 30 years' time when essentially they will just run an algorithm and they'll know exactly where to bowl to every single batsman. And it, all you have to do is just get someone to bowl it consistently there and, and that's it. Yeah. Um, I think... But yeah, so that was that's up there for ball. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to go with uh, Rakeem Cornwall. He hasn't bowled as well in this match as he can. I think he's... Um... Uh, probably disappointed himself a little bit, I think, if we're being honest. But there was one ball where you just went, well, I mean, if he bowls like that, he's unplayable. It was one that cut back uh, a mile, or spun back a mile and bounced over leg stump. And De Silva missed it as well. And it was, it came from nothing. And as far as I could tell, it wasn't off the um, footmarks. It was off the flat of the pitch. That's what he can do. He can rip the ball and he can get it to bounce. And uh, it's a shame he just... Uh, you know, it would have been interesting to see what he would have done in a fourth day wicket, but he hasn't bowled as well. He bowled, what, one decent spell on the first morning. And since then, I've been a little bit disappointed with him. Lol of the day. Well, I mean... He can't be Dow Rich because he was hit in the face. Can I, I'll, I'll give you... <laughs> no, I'll no, I'll no. give you my lol of the day. No. It ha- mine's going to be the fact that Joe Root has managed not to convert another 50 to 100, this this time by declaring, which I think is a new wrinkle in the Joe Root saga that we have all lived through for so long. Uh, Yep, it was a golden day for Lowell moments, actually. I thought that De Silva falling over, if you hadn't mentioned it um, earlier, when trying to complete that stumping, um, and the way that the commentators go, oh, he took the ball brilliantly, did it, it was technically excellent, did so well. But then just fell over. And missed the stumps. He Um, fell over and missed the stumps. Fell fell over. And then just missed the stumps. He was reaching. You know, he he must have missed it. (laughs) That was a low moment. I thought Dominic Sibley, you know, a bit like in the second test match when him and Stokes. In fact, it wasn't quite as bad as that because, you know, Sibley had Rory Burns at the other end. 
uh, it looked even worse in the second test match when, you know, the message had gone out there. OK, lads, you've got your hundreds. Now try and, you know, up the tempo. Stokes just goes, oh, OK, then, and just ups the tempo. And Sibley says, I cannot play like this. And the same thing happened again today. There was one of the ugliest heaves. Well, it wasn't even a heave. It was an attempted heave over mid-wicket with, against a spinner from Dominic Sibley, which just he probably travelled about 33 centimetres. Um, that certainly made me laugh. And I know we shouldn't laugh, but I'm going to mention it. But the umpire's getting the baby wipes out and rubbing the ball after Darich had been hit, I thought, was slightly humorous. I, bl- I couldn't work out whether they were wiping away blood, which obviously is not funny at all, or, you know, just some dribble or something. Because, of course, in COVID-19 restrictions days, um, that's what they've got to do. Yeah, I... I'm a little bit disappointed in you as a father that you don't know that baby wipes are actually don't sanitize things. So it would, it couldn't be baby wipes. It would have to be another product that had a sanitizer built in. And I'm not disappointed in, 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 in you as a, as a cricket commentator or as a man, but just as a father. There's a lot of disappointment <laughs> today from you, Jared. I'm not angry. No, I am angry. I'm not sure what I am. I hate these third innings, as I said. We talked about it yesterday. They're just so pointless. I mean, England couldn't even be funny. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, send out Butler. Let's just see what's, what's going on. What would Wokesy do if he opened today? I, I, honest, I was so bored that I was looking at the history of New Zealand opening batsmen. And then I, and I ended up in a wormhole to work out why Danny Morrison once opened in a test. God, my references have gone further back. What is going on with me? Oh, God. Hey, that was another section we used to do. What did you look at? Um, what did you look at at the cricket when you were getting bored? <laughs> yeah. That was a good section. We're definitely bringing that one uh, back. Another another section that you had was what's a re- what's the most random Danny Morrison fact you can come up with? <laughs> oh God, what have we done? See, these days they're horrible, John. They're ho- this is what they make you do. This is what they make you do. Anyway, do you know what's going to do? You know what's going to make you feel better? Tell me. Anodyne press conference moment of the day. Rory Burns, who looks a little bit like a musketeer with his uh, long hair, hairband. Uh, no, he doesn't. He looks like Johnny Depp with goatee. Oh, you probably don't want to look like Johnny Depp at the moment. Uh, well, anyway, Rory Burns spoke uh, after play. Uh, yeah, nice to play some, play some different shots. Uh, I normally reserve them for, for some 2020 practice and those sort of things. So, um yeah, nice to open up a little bit there, but um, obviously, you know, the way Siv set a platform there with me and then how Brutley came in and played, um, we obviously put ourselves in a good position. That's the most pleasing thing. What is going to happen tomorrow? What's going to happen tomorrow, Jared? I know what's going to happen tomorrow. Oh. Even though my motto in life is never believe the weather forecast, my, my, my I'm going to tip rain all day in Manchester on day four. Uh... I haven't looked at the weather forecast, to be honest. It's weird not being at the ground. I'm in my own, I'm in a, I'm in a smaller bubble, a micro bubble. Uh, so I haven't looked at the weather. I, so let's forget about that for a minute. Uh, uh, news, well, who, who's playing? Danny Morrison. You're, ja- you're Jared. Tom Moody. Who's playing? West Indies are playing. They will lose tomorrow if, uh, if it doesn't rain. That's all we need to say, isn't it, really? Let's be honest. Yeah, we don't have to try and be clever now. 
When, um, we, when were we trying to be clever? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that was when you were away. Um, yeah, no, you're right. That's it. I mean, even if it doesn't happen day four, it's going to happen on day five. England are going to wrap up victory. Stuart Broad will reach wicket number 500. And um, Joffre Archer will get Shane Dowrich out, probably. And that's about it. Um, what's a bit of a sad ending? A bit of a disappointing ending, some would say, Jared, to today's podcast. Today's podcast or the, or the test series? Both, both <laughs> actually. But we can leave the disappointment for the ending of the test series to day four or five. Let's let's ring this out as long as possible. And, of course, the Cricket Collective, six till seven on Tuesday as well. You can be really disappointed for an hour there on TalkSport 2 with Harmy. And me. Yes. Um, mate, I'll let you get back to your micro bubble. Uh, thanks for listening to following on podcasts. ACOS, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, we will be back, even if there's rain all day, uh, to talk about Shane Dowrich, no doubt. Thanks for listening. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 